Well, good morning. Good morning. My name is Ryan Schreckengast, and I'm a leader here at GFC. Uh, and this morning I want to share with you a quick story from when I was in college. Uh, my freshman year, the very first final I had ever taken uh, as a college student. It was Chemistry 101, and the test was set to occur at 7.40 in the morning. Now, for those of you with kids, that sounds like practically the afternoon, but when I was in college, that was very early, and the only reason I would ever be up at 7.40 was either I had a final or I hadn't gone to bed the previous night in the first place. So I had stayed up to the wee hours studying for this final and preparing the best that I could, and I went to sleep uh, with my alarm set for 7 o'clock, giving me plenty of time to wake up and go to the other side of campus. Uh, it was a bike ride because my campus was actually even larger than Penn State's. Uh, and I, wo- I went to bed uh, prepared for this final as best I could. However, in the middle of the night, there was some unscheduled construction, and my entire dorm room lost power. That means my alarm did not go off. I woke up for my first final at 7.35, giving me only five minutes to rush to my final. And if I was late and the doors closed, then they wouldn't let me in. It was to prevent cheating, and so they would, they would lock the doors. There was a proctor who stood there and prevented you from getting in. I jumped on my bike. I started pedaling as quickly as I could to try to get there in time. And in my haste, I ran directly into a palm tree. My bicycle broke. It sent the big gear flying off of my bicycle, up my leg, tore through my pants up to my knee, and cut about half a dozen gouges in my leg. At that point, I jumped, I staggered to my feet, and I started running to try to reach my final. (laughs) I made it at about 7.45, and I stumbled up, blood dripping from my leg. I'm disheveled. The proctor took one look at me. He knew I had much bigger problems than trying to cheat, and so he let me in to take the final. After two hours, I had a B minus, and my shoe was full of blood. (laughs) Okay, so two things changed for me after that event. One, I set no fewer than three alarms every final. At least one was battery-powered, and I wore my lucky pants, to every final for the remainder three and a half years of college. (laughs) Okay, so I share that story with you, not only because it's funny, but also to illustrate an important point about testing. The title of the sermon today is Testing, Testing, uh, and it's important for us to realize what is the purpose of tests. And God's tests, just like any tests, are designed to expose something about the character of the person being tested. This test that I took, uh, the chemistry information was important, but also it tested my preparation, it tested my determination, uh, and it showed what was important, not only for me, but also what those who were administering the test felt was important. And this brings us to the main point that I feel is today's passage, that God's tests will expose both his character and the character of his people. We're going to see in this text a shift in focus to a new theme. Up until this point, God has been revealing his nature as a savior and as a redeemer of his people. 
He's acted on behalf of his people many times, miraculously and powerfully. But now he's going to be shifting a little bit and start to reveal his nature as he prepares to rebuild his people. He wants to make a holy nation out of his people. And this has to start with testing. So please read with me uh, Exodus 15, 22 through the end of the chapter. That's on page 37 if you have one of the church Bibles. Then Moses made Israel set out from the Red Sea, and they went into the wilderness of Shur. They went three days in the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink the water of Marah because it was bitter. Therefore, it was named Marah. And the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a log. And he threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. There the Lord made for them a statute and a rule, and there he tested them, saying, If you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God, and do that which is right in his eyes, and give ear to his commandments, and keep all of his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord, your healer. Then they came to Elam, where, they were, where there were twelve springs of water and seventy palm trees. And they encamped there by the water. So this section of our text uh, starts a major new section We had rejoiced previously, um, not last week, but the week before, uh, with the people of Israel for God's amazing deliverance. Uh, We sang songs with both Miriam and Moses, uh, praising God for his strength and his power. And now we start a new chapter in the story of Israel, where we're no longer fleeing from Egypt, but we're being taken toward the promised land. We're beginning to see that God's intention has always been not just to deliver his people, but to change them and shape them into something new. And the first step in that is going into a wilderness. Uh, Let's look at the second half of verse 25. There the Lord made for them a statute and a rule, and there he tested them. So what is this test and what does it expose about the character of God? Well, I think that this shows us that God desires an intimate relationship with his people where they're listening and actively dependent on him. God's demonstrated his power over water throughout Exodus. This has been a a major theme that we've seen. Uh, He was he used Moses to change uh, the water of the Nile into blood and back again. Uh, Just more recently, we saw his power over water as he parted the Red Sea and allowed his people to cross through on dry land. So this theme of, of God's power over water is not surprising. But what's different and what's a test here is the fact that we're getting something new. There's a new directive given to Moses. Uh, In the previous miracles, he was using his staff. This was what God directed Moses to do, uh, and he illustrated his power. But now... He's given a log and told to throw that log into the bitter water. This is totally different. This has never been experienced before. And what this shows is that it requires a continued dependence on God. What has worked before 
may not work again. The formula that the people may have come to depend on is not reliable. What is reliable is the power of God. And the rule is simple, as it says in verse 26. Listen to the voice of the Lord. Do what is right and give ear to his commandments. And the associated promise that God gives is that he will never judge the people of Israel in the way that he did the Egyptians. He will never afflict them with the same judgments that he did if they are faithful to listen and to obey. And what does this test show about the character of his people? Well, it shows that his people listen rarely, but they can listen. Uh, According to verse 22, it only takes three days to go from verse 11 where we said, Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? To now, in verse 24, what shall we drink? They have lost the perspective of who God is. But it's not all bad news, because the the first half of verse 25 uh, shows that Moses, at the very least, does hear and obey. He takes the log, and he throws it into the water, and it becomes sweet. He does what was commanded. He does diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God, and he does what is right in his eyes, and he gives ear to his commandments. Likewise, the people, too, do set out from Marah. Uh, They go on, they trust the Lord to enter into the wilderness again. They're not stuck there uh, at that place where they were. Uh, They're able to move forward and to trust him, at least for the time being, to provide water in the new wilderness. And that happens in verse 27. And this is easy enough, though often uncomfortable, for us to apply to our own lives. Uh, Let's put our relationship with God to the test. Do we diligently listen to God's word and do what is right? Ask yourself, am I diligently listening? Do I invest in an intimate relationship with him? If the answer is yes, then maybe consider where is God leading you next? Maybe into a new wilderness that will require greater dependence on him. But if the answer is no, then please remind yourself of the character of God. Why do we listen? Because God is good, he is faithful, and he promises to be our healer. So if, if you are not diligently listening to the Lord and, and trying to keep this relationship active, why is that? Please be reminded of this character of the Lord. Let's move on and read Exodus 16, 1 through 3. They set out from Elam, and all the congregation of the people of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai. On the fifteenth day of the second month, after they had departed from the land of Egypt, and the whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the people of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. When we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full, for you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Did anyone else just cringe when we read through that? 
Let's look at verse 3 again. The people of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. This is a direct reference to chapter 5, verse 26, where God promises, I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians. The very thing that God promises the people he will not do to them is the very thing that in the next breath the people are wishing would have happened to them. It just hurts my heart. Uh, this is like a, a adopted child who has been taken into a new family, uh, loved and welcomed. And then in the middle of uh, uh, an argument that happens, he says, I wish I was back in the orphanage because at least there nobody told me what to do or cared about making me do things that I didn't want to do. It's, it's so painful uh, because it shows that the people are forgetting quickly who is God. They're forgetting that healing nature of the Lord. And so they, they forget his promises and they start to idolize the past. They look back at even their suffering and because they forget so quickly, they wish to be back in that place again. And this is the point in the story where not just the character of the child is revealed, but so is the character of the parent. Uh, and if I were the parent, I hope I would, I would show love and, uh, and, and understanding, but probably more likely this would be the time that if, if someone were to say that to me, I would start raining down wrath. Uh, and if I were God, I would rain lightning. Uh, and this is, this is the moment where the character of the parent would be revealed. So let's, let's reveal that here and read uh, the next section, which is chapter 16, 4 through 15. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you and the people. They shall go out to gather a day's portion every day that I may test them, whether they will walk in my law or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather daily. So Moses and Aaron said to all the people of Israel, At evening you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your grumbling against the Lord. For what are we that you grumble against us? And Moses said, When the Lord gives you in the evening meat to eat, and in the morning bread to the full, because the Lord has heard your grumbling, that you grumble against him, what are we? Your grumbling is not against us, but the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, Say to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for he has heard your grumbling. And as soon as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. And the Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the people of Israel. Say to them, At twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening quail came up and covered the camp, and in the morning dew lay around the camp. And when the dew had gone up, there was on the face of the wilderness a fine flake-like thing, 
fine as frost on the ground. When the people of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. So, let's look at this next test. What is this test revealing about the character of God and the character of his people? Well, the character of God, this section makes it clear that God hears. He hears his people. In chapter 15, verse 26, God directed his people to listen attentively to him. But here he proves that he too is listening. He has heard, or the Lord has heard, appears here in verses 7, 8, 9, 11, and 12. God is not requiring of his people anything that he is not willing to do himself. What an amazing God is this, that he draws his people to him and he listens to them even in their complaining, even when they wish for the very thing that God promised not to do to them. This test also shows that God is glorious. Verse 6 says, At the evening you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, and in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord. And also verse 10, As soon as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in a cloud. So this is a character of God. He hears his people and he is glorious. He is an amazing God. In contrast, this test exposes about the character of his people that they grumble. This is not a surprise, uh, but as often as God hears, it's it's shown in this section that his people are grumbling. What is it that God so often hears from us uh, is grumbling? That word shows up seven times in these 19 verses. We've moved on a little bit here, though. The people are at least now not grumbling about water. They're grumbling about food. But they're demonstrating that they still do not trust in the character of the Lord, of Yahweh. They grumble against Moses and Aaron, who are God's chosen mediators. And they demonstrate again their quick forgetfulness of God's character. And so the test gets more direct as we continue on in the chapters. uh, We see in verse 4 where God explicitly says, what is the purpose of the tests? And that is that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. God continues to listen, but now we bring further testing to make that character known to his people. Let's read uh, Exodus 16. 16 through 30. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather of it, each of you, as much as you can eat. You shall each take an omer according to the number of the persons that each of you has in his tent. And the people of Israel did so. They gathered, some more, some less. But when they measured it with an omer, whoever had gathered much had nothing left over, and whoever gathered little had no lack. Each of them gathered as much as he could eat. And Moses said to them, let no one leave any of it over until the morning. But they did not listen to Moses. Some left part of it till the morning, and it bred worms and stank. And Moses was angry with them. Morning by morning they gathered it, each as much as he could eat. But when the sun grew hot, it melted. 
On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much bread, two omers each. And when all the leaders of the congregation came and told Moses, he said to them, he said to them, this is what the Lord has commanded. Tomorrow is a day of solemn rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake and boil what you will boil. And all that is left over lay aside to be kept till the morning. So they laid it aside till the morning as Moses commanded them. And it did not stink and there were no worms in it. Moses said, eat it today for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, which is a Sabbath, there will be none. On the seventh day, some of the people went out to gather, but they found none. And the Lord said to Moses, How long will you refuse to keep my commands and my laws? See, the Lord has given you a Sabbath. Therefore, on the sixth day, he gives you bread for two days. Remain each of you in his place. Let no one go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. So we see here the test that God promised in verse 4, which he explicitly says that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. And when we hear that word test, we often think of suffering. I'm being tested. God is testing me. The association in our minds is often suffering. But here we see God testing not through suffering, but through his provision. And this can be a test as well. And what I love about this test is it exposes one of my favorite things about the character of God. This reveals... That, or this exposes that God wants to reveal himself to his people in ever-deepening ways. God wants to, to show his people that they need to be dependent on him. That's his character. He showed that at Mara, but now he shows it in a new and deeper way as he's re- providing them with manna, and he's asking them to go out day by day by day and be dependent on him. Verse 17 through 19, God outlaws this whole law about how to handle his bread that he's provided. But it's not just a test about how they will handle his law for the provision of manna. It's also a test about how they will handle his law, the law, which is about to be provided to them uh, in chapter 20. As he's preparing to rebuild his people into a holy nation, he's going to give them his law. He's going to entrust it to them. And before he does that, he reveals himself, he reveals their character as well as his through this law about the manna. Moses confirms this uh, in a different book in Deuteronomy 8.3 where he says, And he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. And each of these rules that God gives for manna has natural consequences, but it also reveals God's nature as he exposes himself deeper and deeper to his people. As they obey in areas that may not even make sense to them, they're ultimately being drawn into a deeper understanding of the character of God. 
And even when God provides the full Old Testament, his law, this is also a test of righteousness, which shows the need for God to provide salvation yet again. That's not the ultimate expression of who God is. We need not only earthly bread, but heavenly bread as well. John 6:35 says, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. God's character doesn't change. And as we understand just a little bit of what he's showing us, the people of Israel as it relates to the manna, and then as it relates um, more and more as they're given the word of the Lord, the law of God, and then as Jesus is revealed to us as the living bread, this is bringing God such immense glory as we understand these small pieces of his character. And that fits perfectly with who he is. As God is glorious, we get to participate in his glory. So let's apply this by disciplining our hearts and our minds to love the law of God. Every time we obey God's law, we get to participate in his glory. Even a glory we don't fully comprehend and we won't comprehend until eternity. What a blessing is it that God gives us his law. So be excited by the chance to live just a little bit right now in the glory that will later be experienced in full. One day our bodies will be made holy. So let's obey 1 Corinthians 6 and treat it as a temple of the Holy Spirit. One day this church, the church, will be united as the pure bride of Christ. So now we can live, as John 13, 34 says, and love one another as Jesus loved you. We, we are so blessed by this opportunity to express a little bit the true glory that God will show us in the end. So in conclusion, let's finish up this chapter uh, and read Exodus 16:31 through 36 and see how this test ends. What is God going to do uh, in his mercy as he concludes this test? Now, the house of Israel called its name manna. It was like coriander seed, white, and the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. Moses said, this is what the Lord has commanded. Let an omer of it be kept throughout your generations so that you may see the bread with which I fed you in the wilderness when I brought you out of the land of Egypt. And Moses said to Aaron, take a jar and put an omer of manna in it and place it before the Lord to be kept throughout your generations. As the Lord commanded Moses, so Aaron placed it before the testimony to be kept. The people of Israel ate the manna for 40 years till they came to a habitable land. They ate the manna till they came to the border of the land of Canaan. And Omer is the tenth part of an ephah. So let's look at this last test and what this is exposing about God. Read verse 32 again. This is what the Lord commanded. Let an omer of it be kept throughout your generations so that you may see the bread with which I fed you in the wilderness when I brought you out of the land of Egypt. So what does this expose about God's character? It exposes that God knows 
He knows all about the character of his people. He knows that his people will listen rarely. He knows that his people will forget quickly. He knows that his people grumble. And he knows especially that his people need to be reminded of who he is. He knows all of these things, and yet he still chooses to make them his people. And in choosing them, he doesn't leave them there. He provides for them the thing he need, they need. He provides for them a reminder. He gives them a physical manifestation of the bread as a symbol of the salvation that they received from Egypt and his preservation of them in the wilderness. And true to his character, he's going to do that again, as we see in chapter 20, when God gives his people his holy law. This is a written reminder that's to be kept and cherished forever. God knows his people intimately, and he is able to provide for them what they need to be his holy nation. So let's apply this. This is an easy one. Do not forget God's past provision. For me, it helps to write it down. I have a journal uh, that I fill in of the blessings that God has given. And then I can read that over when I face trials or I'm feeling discouraged. I find that it also helps to make a habit of being grateful. Gratitude is an amazing way to remember the good things that God did. Tell people about God's good works in your life. I love that we did that this morning. We looked back and we reminded ourselves of what God did this year. And we can do this individually, we can do this corporately, and we can know that God is with us and faithful to be our healer and to remind us of his character. And as we progress in our walk with him, to reveal himself in deeper and deeper ways and to show his glory both in our lives and in the lives of our, uh, everyone that we encounter. So let's, uh, let's pray and uh, just thank God for who he is. Heavenly Father God, we thank you, Lord, uh, for who you are. We thank you, God, for your law. We thank you for the tests that you give us, both of provision and of suffering. Lord, that you are faithful in those tests to show us who we are and to show us who you are and to show us who you say we are. Lord, thank you that you have uh, made us your people. Lord, I pray that we will, uh, this year especially, just uh, remind ourselves when we forget. God, you are so good and you are good all the time. And we need uh, those reminders. So Lord, please help us uh, as we go about our lives to remain centered on you and to share with others your good character. In your name, Lord, we pray. Amen.